Hi, welcome to Life and Application. I'm your host, Jay Huey, with my co-host, Jason Bierke. Um, Jason, usually our podcast, um, I like to pick a topic and then, or a question that people have, and then you try and explain how we make it more about, uh, you know, how what the actual application is. Like, but this one's going to be a little bit more off topic. Okay. And um, I'm going to be asking you, it's not off topic, obviously, but um, a little bit different than our normal. Okay. And then I'm going to read some verses and I want you to explain them. And this is probably going to end up being two or three podcasts. Okay. Um, but it, I think it's a very important one because it leads to a lot of different avenues that we can explore on offshoots of this. But it's, but it's one of, can you lose your salvation? Okay. And um, you know, I grew up thinking my whole life, just the way I was taught, that once saved, always saved. And anyone who faltered or... You know, we would just say they were backsliding and or they were never saved. Right. But, you know, um, I don't think I have the... Obviously, me and you have talked a lot about this subject, and that's why I want to bring it up. But um, I'm still in that part of my life where I I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, You know, I I know what you believe, and um, I'm leaning more towards that, but I just don't know yet. Well, yeah, and so that's... A very good question, and again, for those of you that are, you know, this is your first podcast or, or not, Jay and I, you know, we're cousins, we grew up together, we went to the same, you know, elementary school, junior high, and high school, and same church, and so, um, you know, we, we grew up in a, a very good, you know, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist church, that's their, always was their tagline, and, you know, the idea of you know, the one saved, always saved. And then on the other side of the coin, it's, um, you know, it's more of an Ar- Arminiist view, which is, you know, you can forfeit or lose your salvation. And, you know, there's always, you know, outliers that, that people try to, to say, you know, against the one saved, always saved, they'll say, Okay, so you believe that all you have to do is say a little prayer and then you can live your life any way that you want and you're still going to heaven. Well, of course not. That's really not what people mean. And then on the far other side, you know, they say, oh, you can just lose your salvation. You don't even know. It's like you go to the movies and you have your wallet in your pocket and you sit down in the chair and it slips out. You don't even realize it till you get home, right? Same thing with salvation. You lose it and you don't even know it, right? And of course, that's way on this side. And those... That's not, I don't, that's not what people are really wanting to know. They, people use those as a straw man to try to prove their point. And it's a very terrible thing to do. Right. And, and what got me thinking about this uh, the last couple of days at work was um, one of the podcasts we did a little while ago and talking about how to answer a question. And one right. of the things was that you, you have to have the Bible knowledge. Right. And so what I want to do to switch it up is I'm going to read a verse. Okay. It's going to be about this subject. Okay. And um, I'm going to put you on the spot because I gave Jason zero prep for this one. Zero. But I want you to put that verse into the, the context of what the okay. passage is about. Okay. And um, obviously, if you need to look up, then, you know, that's, well, I that's probably fine. my handy-dandy Bible. And, um, you know, I always say, you know... All of the Bible is true, and it's true together. And so we got to be careful that we don't take a snippet 
out of context. Well, and that's what I really want to establish here is I want to make sure that there is no snippet. Right. Um, so I'm, go ahead and read, your, read, I, read the first I, verse. I went through. I mean, I got a lot of verses that... That's okay. I got a good one. I'm going to look one up, but I want you to right. look up I, your I'm, verse. I'm sure I got it. Um, we're going to start with Hebrews 6, uh, 4 through 6. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go first. For okay, it is go impossible ahead. in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have, tested the he- who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and his powers of age to come, and they have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding up to contempt. It's a great There's a lot verse. in that. It's, it's a lot. And so, you know, I've listened to countless, you know, um, sermons and discourses on this. I've read through countless commentaries on this. And all the ones that I read, you know, most of them um, all agree on one thing, right? That this is an actual thing that can happen. And when it does happen, the person that commits this sin is damned to hell. Okay? Right. And, and, and that was my question because obviously growing up with where I'm at in my faith is once saved, always saved. So how is that even possible? Well, so people on, on the once saved, always saved would say the person that does this was not a believer. They were attending church, they grew up in church, and they got to a point in their life where they said, I've been in church for 20 years, I've studied the Bible, I understand everything there is to really know about salvation, I get it, and I want nothing to do with it. Right, but my question to you on that is, and i sorry to interrupt you, but to say that you shared in the Holy Spirit, my understanding is the only way to share in the Holy Spirit is to be saved. And that, and that would be, you know, my interpretation I mean, of that. Th- that's even how I grew up and how we grew up being taught was that once you're saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and so other people would interpret that and say, you know, sharing in the Holy Spirit would be, you know, you're sitting in church, you see the Holy Spirit move, you see the Holy Spirit work, you, you know, you see prayers answered, you've shared in that experience with others. So it's a shared experience. And they would take that approach to it. Because they're taking the position that this person was not a true believer to begin with. On the other side, you would have someone that would say, sharing in the Holy Spirit means that they were at one time a true believer and they have apostatized, which means that apostasy is turning and walking away from from something, right? And they are no longer believers, and so that's really where the crux is. All right. So now, taking okay. that, that you could debate the sharing of the Holy Spirit, but what is not debatable is that once you do that either way, there is no chance of getting to heaven. So my question right. then would be, is if I never shared in the Holy Spirit, if I was never saved, I can't give up my salvation. Can I? Maybe I'm wrong. Could I give up my salvation before I ever even received it? No, and you know, there's no scripture that would indicate that that right, you so can give up something that before you've received it, you know. Um, and from a very pragmatic standpoint, you know, my point is always has been to everybody on both sides of this coin is that 
regardless of what you believe, whether it's that person was never saved or that person was saved, once they get to this point, they can't be brought back. And so the goal is to not let someone or let yourself get to this point. Because at this point, it doesn't matter if you are truly saved or not because you're going to hell. Right. So can you can you go into any more in depth on that point? Like what, what when you say that point, like when you get to this point. This what, point of apostasy. And, right, and we don't right. know exactly, you know, they didn't draw a perfect line in the sand. I think one of your verses that you might have, and I, again, I'm not seeing these, is from Matthew chapter 12. I'm sure it's in here. I know um, did you do Matthew 12, uh, blaspheme of the Holy Spirit? Uh, I, believe, I believe it's in here. Okay. So that's, a, that's another one, right? You know, blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, right? That, that, that's, a, that's a pretty scary thing, right? Right. To me, this is the imparable sin. Right. And so this is also would be in that same category as the imparable sin. So. Yes. And so we don't know. And that's the thing. We don't know when someone has got to this point. And we need to be very careful that we're not the judge and jury and executioner. And we're saying, well, you've got to this point, so I want nothing else to do with you. We need to take the approach that as long as there's breath, there's hope. And so, you know, I, I believe that, that a person can apostasize their faith, right? That they can... You know, there's all through Scripture, there's a lot of verses. I'm sure you have them. We can go through them if you want. But really, it's the security of the believer. So my question is, to follow up with what you just said, would be, uh, all right, so, and, and obviously I, I, I very much believe in the unpardonable sin, you know. To me, there's got to be some godly way there, I guess we would call it, because like, as a as a human, which I am, I could understand someone who just lost their whole family in a car accident or lost them to a, a complete tragedy, being mad at God in that moment. Right. And to me, you know, screaming up and yelling at God, why did you? I mean, to me, that can't be like an unpardonable sin. Right. And I wouldn't say that either. I mean, okay? I, I can't find a verse that backs up my statement, but well, just remember, no one goes to hell on a technicality, and no one goes to heaven on a loophole. Okay, and so you know it's it's not like you know the sinner's prayer that you know that we're taught to pray. You know, it's not like God's like, well, you mixed up the sequence, you left out a word, you're not really saved, but I'm not letting you know that. That's not the way that it works. You know, this is a heart condition, right? I can see a horrible tragedy being the domino that starts the process of getting here. Right? And absolutely. All right. So, one of the key points I want to make from this, um, and I thought you worded it perfectly, was regardless of the first part of this verse, or regardless of verse four, we want to make sure people don't get to five or six. That's right. So, as you can see, you could have a debate on whether that person was saved or not. To me, it's pretty blatant in this one. But, but see, that's. But if that's you just focus, me. If you focus on the outcome and trying to get people to not be there, right? The whether they were saved or not truly saved almost becomes, you know, almost non-important, right? Because 
The only way it becomes important is if someone who is saved thinks, well, I can do whatever I want now because I have the get out of jail free card, right? But there's other verses from 1 John chapter 2 that say that if we don't obey God's commands and walk the way that he walked, we're, we're not his disciples. Right, but like for me, in my late teens, 20s, my faith, for what I took for granted, and we've had this conversation many times, is um, my faith was so strong that I took for granted because I never worried about ever going to hell because I was saved. You know, where I, I don't say I knowingly would go out sinning thinking there's no repercussions for my sin, but I also never worried about it either. You know, I, 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 I guess my moral of that story is, is that, and as we go through these verses, Jason's going to be forced into answering that question a little bit better, but um, faith in the wrong thing can be really bad. Right. And so I actually preached a sermon on this. Um, and, you know, from Matthew chapter 7, there's people that Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. He even says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. One of my and people up. will say, Lord, didn't we, you know, do miracles in your name and cast out demons in your name and, you know, all these other things in your name. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me for I never I never knew you, right? And so, you know, when we look at that, you know, what did they appeal to? Well, they appealed to their works. They didn't appeal to their faith, you know. And I'm convinced that there are a great number of people that sit in the churches on Sunday morning right, that but aren't I, saved. But I looked at um, that conversation. I know I brought it up a few times that we had when I was driving home from work. And um, where you were asking me about, well, What's the fruit in your tree look like? Right. You know, is can someone outside know that you're a Christian that doesn't know you? I mean, are, are you truly walking in God's... And that got me just the ball rolling in my mind going, you know, am, am I just living the motions? I and a I lot of people that, do. And I still at that point never doubted my salvation. Right. But I doubted... It was the first time in 40 years that there was a chink in the armor. Where for the first time I looked at my faith and went, you know, if everything Jason's saying is true, then maybe my salvation isn't where I think it is. Right. Well, think about what Matthew seven thirteen and 14 say, right? That the road is broad that leads to hell, destruction, and there's many that are on it. The road that, that leads to life, right, is, you know, the, the gate is narrow and the road is... Or the you know, road is straight. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. That's the verse, right? And so there are, are, are people that have, you know, deceived themselves into thinking that they're a Christian for a various number of reasons. And if you were to press them and just say, you know, not the worst question is, you know, well, if you die, die now, would you go to heaven? The question I like to ask is, you know, when, when you stand before God, and God asks you, why should I let you into heaven? What is your answer going to be? Right? Because a lot of people will start, well, I've done this, I've never done that. And they'll go back and forth on, on all those two sides, trying to build a case for them. Right? Well, I've worked in Sunday school. I taught this. I did that. My parents were, you know, whatnot. Um, and really, it's, it has nothing to do with that. 
You know, it's a commitment to Christ that has been evidenced by the life that you live. All right, so if I was to ask you that question right now, when you stand before God, is that your answer?